Oh, hello, and welcome. I am Marcolina Lyon, and you are listening to Into the World We Go. I am a healing healer who has claimed back her birthright of belonging on this planet, and I'm here to build a loving, supportive, and connective community of fellow healing healers evolving on their own personal journey of self-discovery, self-knowing, and reunifying their relationship with the goddess and God within and around them. As we follow our path of uncovering what makes us wildly human and mysteriously spirit, I offer this platform as a safe space for those who are awakening to who they truly are while they are letting go of all they've been told to be. May we walk forward in our path with our heads held high, our hearts as our armor, and our souls as our ultimate guide. If you are ready, take my hand and let's dive in together into the world we go. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Into the World We Go. I'm your host, Marcolina Lyon, also known as Soulful Lion. And this week, I have a special guest that I'm so excited, so fucking excited and pumped to have today. I met this woman through Instagram, and it was actually through a post of Mother Mary in the shape of Sacred Pussy. And it was just so captivating to me this post and what she spoke about is is the the our duty of healing the relationship in sex work and with god and just understanding our own inner being through our own sexuality and sexual nature and it was just so inspiring and i felt so called to her and I was very blessed. Actually, when I sent you, I didn't share, share this with you, but I'll share it on the episode is when I sent you the message, I half expected you to even answer back to me. I don't, I just felt, I don't know. I was like, she's probably not going to, but I was like, but you know, that's probably why you answered because I sent it with this intention of like, fuck it. What do I have to lose? Like if she rejects me, like, what do I have to lose? And I don't know why I had that like impression, but you answered almost like within the day and we connected right away. And it was just, it's so nourishing to be within this space with you and be having this conversation. And, and I'm just so grateful um, that you said yes, that you are here and I'm grateful for my listeners to meet you. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself Erica. Hi. Hello, everybody. Everybody that listens to this beautiful podcast. Thank you for having me here, first of all. I love being in a space with other women who allow the room to be too much, as I was telling you. It's it's necessary. Um, there's so much censorship in this world. So thank you, first of all, for having me here. I cannot wait to dive into all the things that we're going to dive into and your listeners to also partake in this conversation, my listeners, because I'm going to share this and, you know, have them join also your work because it's important that they have different options because everybody's a different cup of tea, you know. So with that said, um, my name is Erika Lisseth. I am 27 years old. I was born and raised in Mexico. So that's where my whole sexuality story starts because I was born and raised in Mexico, like I said, and my grandmother, very Catholic lady, she was my mother, my dad and my mom, they were trying to fix a way to come to the United States, you know, to do the best to provide us a good future. So I remember my father not really being in my life consistently it was kind of like he would leave for a year come back with a month and then leave again to work and so my mom was also busy working and she never you know 
not paid attention to us but when you you know your mother works you can't be with your mother and so i was always with my grandmother and the first memory i have of just life in general was when my mother was in that hospital laying down i remember seeing blue chairs that were connected to each other with the black like um metal and the the glass doors outside of the hospital and then i remember seeing scissors and a light bulb and i asked my mom like like was a hospital like this and she's like how do you know and i was like i don't know i don't know how i, I just remember this memory and i mean who could have told me like <laughs> i asked her if this was a hospital so from there i just felt like there was a different aspect of life that is a mystery right because nobody had answers to my questions like how do i know this what why is it that i had this memory why is it that i remember hearing my mother crying and i did come out with the heart murmurs so it was like complications and it was just this whole thing of having to early on be surrounded by by doctors by you know hospitals and i remember my mother telling me she's like i think you're just special like i think you're just special and so being with my grandmother when she told me you know she would take me to church and all that very catholically like i said and she mentioned one thing to me she's like love is god and god is love and so to me that was god then i learned religion then after so my relationship with god starts since early age and it's a relationship i've been cultivating ever since then and seeing my grandmother and her faith was the most inspiring and she's still alive to this day. And so she to me is the woman that I look up to. And now that I'm a grown woman, I understand the things she was trying to tell me and the way she was taught. But for so long, I lived in fear. For so long, you know, in my sexuality, I did not dare to ask because who was gonna answer me, right? Like religion tells you, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that, and you shouldn't do that. And so, I remember my sexuality when I was five years old, I had this incident where <laughs> this little kid, he basically grabbed me, pushed me against the wall and gave me a kiss on the cheek. And it was the most thrilling, like feeling in my body, feeling like somebody just putting their hands on me. And I was like, what is this? Like, why does it feel, why do I feel guilty? But why do I feel so like good? And ever since then I started to just keep an eye out for these emotions that would curse through my body. And my sex work basically started to develop maybe two years like in public because for you know the course of my 25 years, I basically just asked myself the questions and then figure them out through you know experiences, through books, through other people. And so my whole work stands as holistic sexuality. And the reason that is, is because throughout the course of my life, I've realized that it's not just about the body, it's about our spirit, it's about our mind, and it's about our emotions. And so I like to see holistic sexuality as a table. And so the table has four legs, right? And so there's the body, the mind, the spirit, and the emotions. And when you have, let's say, the emotions that are not in place, you don't pay attention to your emotions, you suppress emotions, you ignore, then there's no leg. And so therefore your sexuality is not in harmony. Your sexuality is not 
to its full potential. You're not exploring it in its depths and its, you know, expansiveness because you're missing that leg. And a lot of people think that sexuality is just the body, you know, what you do through intercourse, how, what you do things. And it's like far from it. I always like to tell my, my people, it's like sexuality is not what you do. Sexuality is who you are. So that right there, you know, in a nutshell puts into perspective my work, the way I was raised and brought up how like in a, you know, Catholic household, how I was told, you know, until after marriage and just being very confused and having no guidance, no support that led me to ask myself and figure things out on my own. And when I felt the confidence to just speak about it, that's when I started to realize that there were so many other people who were asking themselves the same questions. And so here I am in your podcast now talking about these things, which just blows my mind because I would have never thought that I would have the courage to to speak about very vulnerable stories, very vulnerable aspects of my sexuality. But this is part of the work so that other women know that they're not alone in their own journey, that there's other stories that are very similar to theirs. And that if one woman was able to get over those hurdles, she could too. So, you know, I appreciate that you also do this work and that you're inviting me here to to share and to come together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because this, this is just so important. And, you know, in that post, you were saying how like us coming together and it's the realization of your own experience and the choosing of your own self is why it's going to and is already healing so many others, too, because that awareness of like this was hindering my experience, you know, the, the religious beliefs being put onto it. And, and while like you could stay in tune with your spirituality and the way you connect with God, but also realizing the connection to God and self is like being liberated within self, not being like kept in and, and, and having rules and, and confusing ones at that, you know, and rules that like, if you were to ask questions, you would be shamed for like, like there's, there's no opportunity like or availability to, to ask the questions because shame like has been built in so many different layers within the space of like God and sex. And so it, it's so imperative for the shift in our world, having individuals like realize that our sexual power is our force, mm -hmm. you know, and, and to witness that within you and like listening to your experience and stuff, like it's so inspiring. And then also like how, like you had vision of birth, you know, of like leaving the, the womb that, that is like the most painful and most transformative experience of the start of our life. Right. And, yeah. and to remember that and to make that connection because it's like we exit the sacral chakra, like the sacral space, like the yeah. where sex lives, like where creation and birth and all of that lives. And like to have that, that memory, it's just like a sign, like you said, of like God being like, this is your path, you know, yeah. like not, I don't give everybody this vision. Put it that way. And that's because I've, I've never really paid attention to it because it, it seems so strange. And I'm just like, eh, just the fluke of life, like, you know, and I never ponder on it. But yeah, I right now that you're saying that, like just the, the connections to it, it, it definitely feels like it was meant for something. And I feel like one day I'll, that story will come very handy in, you know, a, a very like, you know, we have those moments in our life where we question if 
if that's the path, if we're on track. And then there's certain things that just click within you that you cannot deny that it's God giving you the go. It's like, yes, go run through this. So I, I, I like, I like that perspective. It, it leads me, it leads me deeper into the fact that there's something behind it. Absolutely. And especially even like the remembering of your mo your mother's cry. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a really powerful piece, like real powerful. Cause I feel like it's literally like, it was like you were getting vision of your start to birthing this like holistic, <laughs> holistic sexuality. Like, yeah, like, absolutely. So thank you. Thank you so much for, for sharing all of that. So what was your biggest influence to shifting into your awareness that religion was not necessarily um, supporting your understanding of sexuality and the bridge that got you over to realize like, it's okay that I am, I embrace sexuality in the way that you do. Good question. So for me, I, I remember you know, my grandmother always telling me that I needed to eat after marriage to have sex. And I honestly loved the idea of, you know, losing, quote unquote. I'm like, you don't lose anything. I'm like, why do they say lose? <laughs> I was like, I still don't understand. But yes, like, quote unquote, lose my virginity after, you know, like in the honeymoon. I, I lived on that. I'm a romantic to the bones. So I thought of the rose petals on the bed. I thought there was like a trail leading to the ocean and my lover was gonna make love to me outside, like on a bed by the ocean and that. So it's like, I was willing, you know, I was willing to do that. And so I had a partner from the age of like my 16 years old, all the way to my 21. So we were, we were, oh no, 20, sorry. So we were together five years because we met like a year before that. So a total of five years where I got to explore my sexuality with a Muslim. And I say Muslim because it is a very important fact in the fact that two religions were brought together, two cultures were brought together, and yet love dominated above the religion and above the culture differences because for a whole year like i said we were together for almost five but we talked for one year so during that year he tried to convince me like come on like let's go out and i was like no this is not going to work because i want to get married through church and i want to be able to you know have sex after la 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 and he's like we'll make it work like we'll figure this out I was like do you hear yourself I was like you're a Muslim I was like you and your religion never like it's super strict like even Muslims like they have to be with specific type of other Muslims like it just can't be whoever and so to me I saw it as like an impossibility but as we know there's not with when it comes to God there's nothing that's impossible so when love God is love love is God and so to me like okay eventually you know gave in to going out with him and when we we're together those four years I remember not being able to physically have sex like even if I wanted to I physically couldn't the vagina is a muscle and it was contracted it would not and I was like I don't want to put myself through that type of trauma and he respected it and he was an angel and you know when he passed because you know that he he died like in 2016 and so when that happened i remember 
asking myself like who am i because i built my life around the dream that we had together of traveling of changing the world with the love because he taught me how it is to live that the the reason why i am so certain in the beauty of life is because when i was with him he showed me exactly what that was because his life his family everything like it was it was everything against how he acted like his family dynamic it was like very messy they treated him badly yet like he was the best person like you could come across and to me that i admired that and i said he died yes his body like i just had this feeling i'm like he's not gone his presence was too strong and so when i felt like it was all taken away from me i asked myself who am i like who am i where am i headed and the fact that i never had sex with him because i i never did really like sparked in my head like i never had sex with him so am i just gonna have a sex with a stranger now like i never had sex with the man i love but now am i just supposed to go have sex with a random person and so that like right there is where my religion beliefs came into place because they were all being shaken it's like for so long, like I said, after marriage, now he died. Now my whole belief system was being shaken. Like, are you sure till marriage? Because I don't know when you're gonna get married, girl, like 30, 40, like, are you gonna wait then? And I was like, <gasps> you know? And I was 21 when I went to this trip in Cancun. Come on, it's Cancun. Like we were on the heat of the everything, the moment. And I remember just having these thoughts in my head, like, religion and like I shouldn't do this but I should do this and it's like that's when I kind of allowed myself to put a pause to everything that I knew to everything that I was taught and I was very afraid to do it because I felt like I was betraying my grandmother in a way I never felt like I betrayed God because I, I have always had this like calm soothing energy when I think of God and I think of God all day. So I feel peace and love in me all day, right? And it was just this strange thing where it, it was like I had to go down a road of fire and get burned and step on it so that I realized what my grandma was trying to tell me through the religious things. Because I grew up in a village in Mexico. And this is very important like for me to, to express because growing up in a village of a very small community we all know each other. We all have, you know, our culture like is based around religion. All the parties that we have, all the celebrations that we have, they're around the celebrations of the church. And so the church is, there's no, when we're in a little village, there's no like cops telling you what to do. It's religion who rules the, the village. And to me, I grew up in a place that feels like magic like there was my little village is amongst the hills and there's a lagoon and so i i felt like everything in, in an aspect of religion to me was always shown in in a positive light like i didn't really get to observe the other things that is spoken about religion right and so my my relationship with religion had never been one where i felt like pushed into something i willingly went in there right because like i said in my village that that was just second nature when i came to the united states that's when i realized that like there's more 
to life than just religion because you know in america everybody has different religions everybody has different gods and so to me i guess my mind opened and when it came down to this really tragic moment in my life where i was in the dark and i didn't know what was going on that's when i in a sense abandoned my identity because i didn't know who i was so i had to find myself and in doing that i had to put religion to the side because i I just couldn't like I didn't have answers and so I was like I'm a person who likes looking for solutions and rather than staying stuck in the question so I said you know what I'm going to follow my intuition of love like wherever it leads me and so in this trip to Cancun when I met this German he was a German guy I remember <laughs> it just happened so randomly the first day that I got to Cancun I was, we were got there like super busy with our luggage and we wanted to go straight to the beach. So we didn't even wait to check in into the room because we had to wait like two more hours. So we're, like, we're not going to sit here and wait in the lobby. We asked if we could like leave the luggage and they could watch it so we could go to the, the ocean. They're like, yeah, sure. And while we were on the desk, the, the girl on the desk, she was like, wait till you see the Germans that are here. And we're like, what do you mean? They're like, there's this one German one and he's mine so y'all back off of him his name is dennis and they were fuzzing about dennis like dennis 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 with the blue eyes with the pink lips with the white hair like it was just dennis 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 and i thought nothing about it right and then like it i stayed there for two weeks so a week in like i was sitting down by myself um by the pool and everybody was like drinking having fun in the in the upstairs you know and I just didn't want to be part of that at that moment. So I was sitting down by myself and then there's this guy that comes and sits next to me. And he's like, kind of shy, you know? And I was like, hi. And he's like, hi. And I was like, you're not out there in the price. Like, nah, he's like, I need a little break. And he was sober. He was just like, you know, acting good. Like he wasn't sloppy or anything. So I, I felt safe having him sitting there. And I asked him, what's your name? And he's like, I'm Dennis. And I was like, oh, so you're Dennis. <laughs> it's like, there you are. It's like a butterfly that lands on the, on the flower. I was like, hello. And so right off the bat, I felt like this safety, cause I'm like, I didn't even have to try. Like the Dennis guy landed here, but he was so different from what they were describing. Like he was very introverted. He was very shy. He is very handsome. He is very handsome too. I mean, he's 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 still alive. He's still good. So I was like, he is. But wow, like the way it all unfolded that it's like two nights later, all my roommates, because we were in a dorm with uh, other eight girls. So we all had like keys. But that night we all left and everybody was just, you know, having a wild night. And I could only party for so long with drink, like with alcohol. Like I, I mean, up to this day, I haven't drank alcohol in a while. I feel like my whole lifestyle on that changed. But back in when I was 21, I remember I just didn't want to have alcohol in my system that night. Like I just couldn't anymore. But my roommates, all of them, they were out and about. And they're like, I'm going to go sleep with the room with the other guy. And so they were all sleeping somewhere. And... I didn't have a key. I was like, at the end of the day, I was like, I don't have a key. And so my cousin, she was in the room, but she was passed out. And so I was knocking, I was knocking. And Dennis had came with me to the room to like, just make sure I get inside safe. And I was like, they're not opening. And it was already midnight. So he's like, we could wait a little more. So we waited 
nothing happened. I was like, she's not going to open. Like, she's just a heavy sleeper and she's drunk. So what could we do? I was like, am I going to sleep on the hall? <laughs> and he's like, well, he's like, my room is here. And his room was right in front of mine, like in, in the front. I was like, wait, it's like, really? So he's like, he's like, you want to come sleep? But he said in a very like innocent way where he's like, do you want to sleep in the in the bunk bed with me? Because everybody had bunk beds and there was other eight people in his dorm, too. And so I said, oh. I was like, well, what, what else could I do? I was like, sure. I was like, let me go. Let me go sleep with you. And so we cuddled and I had already told him that I had never had sex. Like I pretty much told him all my life and he did too. And so when we were in the bed, we were just like cuddling. And I just felt like my sexual energy activated because I felt so safe, right? And for so long, I just never knew that I could feel my energy circulating with that much intensity. And I remember him, like he was looking at me and he's like, are you sure? And I was like, yes. I was like, I'm, I'm sure. And he's like, are you sure? And I was like, yes. And it was just the most unexpected thing in my life because I told him, I was like, I never knew, like I was, you know, for five years with my person, never had sex with him. But yet here I am with a stranger who I don't know but that's here in my life. I I opened myself to it, you know, and it took me. It was it was quite an experience. It was really because, like I said, physically, like my body was just not there. But he was so patient. He did breath work with me. Like wow, like that. It's like literally God put it in my in my path so that I could have an experience that is tender. Like it was so tender for me. It was so. Um, like there was so much innocence. And, and to me, that's why I was like, sex doesn't have to be what everybody pictures it to be. Like, even if it's a one night stand, like there could be a lot of mutual respect, you know? And that's another story about the one night stands. Like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's that's something that for me, I personally just strayed from because it, it leads you down a path of a lot of confusion. But for the first time's sake, like when I did that, I remember my whole religion, like my whole beliefs the next day, I was, I was like a little broken, hurt, wounded puppy on the corner. I was like, why do I feel so empty? I felt like I could, I just missed my boyfriend. Well, you know, he was not my boyfriend or but Ali, that, that was his name. I missed him. I was like, where are you? Like, you know, like where are my cuddles after? Like, you know, because I wasn't going to go and like attach myself to a stranger. You know, I also knew my boundary and I journaled and I still remember like journaling that day. And I was like, I feel like dirty. I feel guilty. And I asked myself why. And I guess I, I felt like that because I was doing something bad. You know, I, I had in a sense, tainted myself because that's the only thing I knew so I thought I had like tainted myself but at the same time I felt guilty for feeling like finally like I I didn't lose anything like I, I came to that realization that I gained I gained an insight into a part of me that I never knew existed and so from there my whole relationship with religion started its transformation and it's been five years since, no, six years. I'm 27. So it's been six years 
And it was 2019 where at the end of it, where I restarted my relationship with religion because from my age 21 all the way to 2019, I must have, how old was I? 2019. I suck at doing math backwards. Made have been like 24. So when from that age, 21 to 24 ish, I basically parted myself from religion. Like I just didn't partake in anything. Kind of was mad. I was like, why? Like, why? You know, I didn't understand. So I went on a, a road seeking for answers. And that road to me was being and sharing intimacy with different guys. And I came back full circle. And I'm in a position where now things make more sense to me. And I I just feel clarity around the topic of religion, of God, and my sexuality. Wow, what a profound story. What a profound experience. Oh, oh my God. Like, there's just so, like, it's so, so, many, so many different parts. But yeah. it, from losing your partner, I'm sorry, like, at such a young age, like, how traumatic. Um, and then to get to the place that you were. I wasn't expecting that, to be honest. I've never heard that story. So everybody, my listeners are like, what? Yeah, And that's such a beautiful story, though. That is such a beautiful story. And there's so many pieces within it that I want to dive into because I resonate so deeply, like in the sense of like, when I really started to interact sexually, and then when I lost my virginity, like the shame that yeah. came over me, the guilt. And it was the piece that you said about losing our virginity, the losing that we teach children, that yeah. especially women, that they they lose something so that when they go into it, they literally walk out feeling like something has been taken from them, yeah. which is, is right. It's the complete opposite because like biologically, the, the vagina is designed to absorb, <laughs> to gain. <laughs> It like you know, so so that doesn't even actually make sense, and it's it, it it it's obvious where religion had confused some parts, you oh, know. Yeah. And, and I really believe like like that's why it's like you're such an important catalyst between and bridging spirituality and religion and like this world of like sex because it's like it actually enlightens me that you turn back to religion and you do the teachings that you do having the experience that you had and allowing yourself to go through that and then coming to this place of like, you know, this, this is what I found to be truth, mm -hmm. you know, and this is what I found to find more peace within my being and my, my liberation of self. Yeah. So now you said that you've come back to religion and you're in a different place now. So when it comes to your engaging of sex, is it something that you choose to wait now or is it something that you're open to depending on the person? This is a very like touchy subject in the sense where, you know, when people share their beliefs, it's like you kind of feel like you have to, in a sense, agree, but you don't, you know? So I just want to, I want to give that heads up. Like if you're listening to this and I mentioned like Catholicism, I mentioned that. Like it has nothing to do with what I believe everybody should do. But like I said, my relationship with God started in Catholicism from age zero, you know? And when I took that that journey away I from religion, I took the label off of me of being Catholic. Like I took it off because I believe that we all should question everything that has been given on to us, like that has been passed on to us from another human voice, from another human thought, 
you know, a book that a human wrote. Like we should ask. And in, if we really trust in God, we know and we we should walk with that certainty that God will provide the answers along the path. And so I just want to give that like if you're listening to this and you don't you know, you're not you don't really resonate with religion or anything of this sort that I'll talk about, like that's completely OK. Like we're here to we're here to have a conversation. We're here to hear each other. And as women, we're here to empower each other. We're not here to tear each other down. So if anything, like, you know, just maybe you're looking for an answer with, you know, for your own belief systems and your faith and the journey that you are in your faith. And you don't know sometimes, like, I didn't know that I was going to come back to religion the way I did. Like, I had no idea. But the way in my heart, the way I feel when, like, I, I go back to this where 21, I started, you know, like I said, I lost my virginity, quote unquote, lost. I gained a, a sense of power in my in my perspective as a woman, like I, I started to see and feel that there was more to being a woman. And so I started this journey of wanting to know, but I knew that in religion, I couldn't find the answers. So I decided to go seek them myself. And that meant meeting you guys, that meant being intimate with you guys, that meant opening my heart, you know, in a way where I, I was walking on eggshells because I knew when my, when my, um, he was like my boyfriend, that's like such a, uh, something I'm so used to saying, but when Ali passed, I remember telling myself, like, wait till you meet the person that you were here to meet. Ali was an angel on this path. Ali was here to crack you open, to show you and, you know, expand you in love. Wait wait till you meet that person that is you're just gonna come full circle with everything and so i because i don't i don't believe god will take something to give you something less and so always 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 is like if god's for me nothing's against me if god's for me nothing's against me like i always repeat that in my head and so those dark times i kept telling that to myself and i said okay if that's the case let me go with my heart in my hands and see where it takes me you know, because I didn't want I didn't want to close down and become numb and and just forget about this romance story that I've always dreamt with. Like I just since I was a little girl, I was like, I'm going to meet this guy and this and that and the ocean and the house by the sea. And I guess I I never really thought it could be a reality. And then I decided that I wanted it to be like I wanted to believe that it could. So when I started this journey and I met all these guys while my travels, because that's when before the pandemic hit. So um for two years for two years i remember you know being intimate with different guys and some were very intimate some not as intimate but every single time i realized what i didn't want because none of them gave me what i wanted none of them none of them and every single time i would be intimate through intercourse i felt as if a demon would possess home like make home out of my heart and not in a in a witchcraftery way but in a way where I like to call demons these very heavy ugly unprocessed emotions inside of us and so it got to the point in 2019 where I met this guy in Italy and it was the story that I had been waiting for it was just like I was like wait I think it's him 
like I think it's him. And when this happened, it also occurred in a very <laughs> it was like magic everywhere. I remember I needed to go bathroom. Like we were out like in the club going from bar to bar and it was midnight and I needed to go bathroom ASAP. But the bars, they don't have bathrooms. Like, you know, it's just like you're a grown adult. <laughs> Handle it differently. And so I remember there was a, a cafe stand like uh what was it it was a whole cafe but outside they had this the table set up but since it was midnight they were already cleaning up and i was with my cousin and this other friend who he had the courage to say you know what i'm gonna go ask if you could use a bathroom because you're gonna you're gonna pee yourself and i said no 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 they're already cleaning like that's embarrassing don't do it like i'll just hold it like let's go find something else but no he went He's like, yes, they said you could come. And I was like, oh, okay. And so there I go. And once I walk in through that door, I see these green eyes. And this guy just looked at me. And it's as if our eyes had said, we found each other. Like, we found each other. And I was like, what? Like, if I was drunk at that moment, I was sober. And I told my cousin, like, we were going to the bathroom. I'm like, did you see the, the waiter? And he's like, she's like, which one? And I was like, the one with the green eyes. She's like, no. And there was something moving in me. I was like, ah, oh. I was like, I don't know what's happening. Like, there, I don't know what's happening. And we stayed there to have a drink because they were going to close in an hour. So my friend's like, let's stay and let's have a drink here. And when we were there, I saw him, and when he was cleaning the tables, I saw him dance. And there was something in my body that, like it's like if they had like like I said, my body had reminded like of this memory where it was just like you've seen this you've seen this man before like his movements were so familiar to me the way he moved his hips the way he moved his head like it was just like a ring to my finger like it felt so familiar and it stayed there and then we went back another day and because we would work on our online business. And I had this feeling like, leave him a letter. And I was like, what do you mean? I was like, <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. Like, I don't do that. Like, why am I going to do that? And it's like, he didn't speak because he was serving us coffee. And he didn't know English nor Spanish. He only knew Italian. And I only knew English and Spanish. So I went on Google Translator and I wrote a note. I was like, if you are not in, in any compromise and if you don't have any other... Um, you know, attachments to anybody else. I wanted to make that clear. I was like, um, here's my number, you know, like um, I'll be here in Apple for another week. And so he messaged me and his name is Salvador. So in English, that's savior. And to me, the meaning of his name had already appeared before my Europe trip because I went to Europe for that trip. And before that, my cousin had sent me a song and she's like, here, listen to the song. He's like, because it describes the, the man you're describing, like that you always tell me about. And the name of that song is called Salvador. So I remember when I listened to that song, I was crying because I was like, oh, my God, it's like I feel the energy of this man. And so when he told me his name, I was like, ah. I was like, huh, what's going on? And he's like, OK. And then one day he told me he was going to pick me up so that we could go, you know, out in a day and all of that. And he told me, what's the address? And I was like, Salvador 43. Like, that was the address of the, of the place, Salvador. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like, it just, everything was one after another. When he came to me, 
I opened the door. It was like these big wooden doors in Italy, like from back in the age, you know? So I opened that door and he was there. And then we were talking and it started to rain. He picked me up. He gave me a kiss. Like it, it was just as if this man and I, like we had already shared uh, a mutual feeling, but we didn't even know each other. Long story short, after, you know, sharing intimacy with him, I felt like I couldn't do that to myself anymore. I was like, Erika, like it stops here. You cannot keep working on yourself and then sharing your, like the, the, the energy that you have, like the most sacred energy that you have, share it with somebody and then there, carry on and leave again. Like you, no more, like no more. And to me, that was like a very like pivotal shift in my life. Because in a sense, I felt like that was the savior. Like it came, like he came to my life to shift my path. Because I was like, from there, like from that day on, 2019, I have not had sex. Not because of religion, not because of what others have told me. Because at that time, I was still not back to my religion. It was when I was still in my journey. And I couldn't do that to myself, to the woman that I was. I couldn't because I only felt like I was losing myself. I was so confused. I was full of these demons. I was, I was lost. I was lost. I felt ugly. I felt heavy. I didn't feel like I was myself. And so I made a vow. I was like, from this moment, like this moment on, no more, no more until you find somebody who you could have soul connection with. And I'm so sure right now, like it's been three years of celibacy. I'm so sure of the man that I know I'm here to find that I, it's just, it doesn't even bother me not having sex. Like I, I don't even mind it because I feel like I already am. Like, it's just like when you learn to circulate your sexual energy, there's no need to always be like physically having intercourse because you're circulating that energy. It's moving. And so I feel like it's creating that magnetism to attract this man or to, in a sense, I feel like, I feel like he's there. I just feel like I have not allowed myself to fully receive him. And, you know, when religion after 2019 came about, like after I vowed to not continue down that path of, you know, open sexuality with anybody and like just for the sake, I guess my journey of exploration had came to an end. Like I had all the answers that I needed and that's when i started to in a sense go deeper in my relationship with god because when ali died i took refuge in god that's it like i just gave it all up to god and then from there you know that relationship flourished deeper and so when it was time to take this new path i went back i mean all god was always with me but in the sense where I was willing to go deeper. And so I asked God to show me the way. And I, my grandma, you know, as I said, I, she's still in my life. So when I, I lived with her for a few months and when I was out there, she would always tell me like, why don't you go to church? Why don't you confess? Why don't you receive communion? You know, the Catholic rituals. And I told her, I was like, grandma, you, you can't tell me what to do. You can't tell me how I should have a relationship with God. And I respect you and I love you, but this is my relationship with God. And if God needs me to detour, if God needs me to go learn some lessons, if God needs me to go scratch my face and burn my feet while I walk on the fire, like 
I I need to be that loyal and willing to be able to do that. Because to me, the relationship I have with God represents the relationship that I will have with anybody else. And so my relationship with God is one of loyalty, one of love, and one of faith. And so when she told me, you know, it's because you're doing, you're not doing like, you know, what you should be doing. And that just triggers me when I, when people tell you what you should, you should be doing, you know, and it's like, if I should be doing it, then it should be, it should be coming out of me. Like, you know, I should feel it in my bones that I need to be doing that. And I didn't feel right to step in the church because I was angry. I was like, I don't understand this whole thing yet. Like it, it was for so long, it was just what I was told, but it don't make sense. But, you know, being so away from it, my life wasn't the same. Like it, it was just when I was away from religion, I felt like I was away from, from a, a very deep root in me. And I didn't know how to explain it. And so there was this moment where I made my grandma cry because she kept telling me these things. And I told her, okay, grandma, like you need to stay out of it. You know, I'm like, with all due respect, I was like, you just, I, it's because I, when people cross my boundaries, I come, I don't, I don't need to yell in order to feel like I'm very sharp. It's kind of like, if you keep pushing it, you, you know, it's like, you're not going to push it. Like you're not going to get through it. And I guess she, she felt that sense of like reject for me, like, cause that's what Bond says, you know? So it's like, she felt like she is, she was not doing her job. I was like, Grandma, this is not your responsibility. I was like, do you believe in God enough to know that he will guide me back? Don't you believe so much? I was like, well, why are you worried? I was like, why are you worried? I'm not worried. I'm like, God, if, if religion, if, you know, this is it, don't you think God will take us all back to it? I was like, I don't understand. Like, why would you worry about it? As long as you remain open, as long as you, you know, you give it all up and you're like, okay, God, show me the way. And so I kept doing that. I kept doing that. And it was this, was it this year? It was like the middle of 2021. I came, I came back to California and I remember um, my mother telling me that, you know, this old priest that we used to see was back and he was more like a friend, like in the sense, well, not a friend, like a like a mentor type, you know, cause there's, there's people who, I mean, a priest is still a human. So to me, like, I've never been able to really, to really judge that deep into it because the people that I've met, like I said, like, it's always been in a positive light, but I was like asking, like, I don't understand why, why, why is this so much drama in the religion? Like, why, why, why? Like, it makes no sense. And then that's when, um, I, I just, had these words told to me and he's the priest said something like it's not about your relationship with religion it's about your relationship with god and religion is just like a bridge that you use but it's not in the way that the outside world is telling you it is like religion has become such a like a trigger word you know but i was like look there's people out there who you know have their own way of rituals and they call it something else so like don't see it as something that like boxes you and so to me i was just like you're telling me this you're a priest you should be telling me that i need to do this that so it kind of made me feel like okay yeah i think i you know when you come across it's just like in anything else if you're doing a business and 
other people are doing the business in a shady way, it messes up the reputation of the whole business. But that doesn't mean everybody is out like that, right? So I guess to me, I started to come full circle and it's like, how do I want my relationship with God to be? And that's when I had to ask myself, like, do I need the rituals? I'm like, no, I don't need them, but I want them. Like, I want I want to be able to part, be able to be part of something, which is something I've always been part of. Like to me, like I said, religion is not something new or foreign. It's not something I adapted along the way. It's something that I was born into and I accepted and then I rejected and then I came back to it. I didn't I didn't like want to be like, oh, I'm gonna come back. But I was pulled back and to me, religion is not a set of rules to follow, but it's more like a space, a sacred space to surrender into the faith that, you know, you're establishing with God. Not a set of rules. You shouldn't have sex. You shouldn't use condom. You shouldn't procreate. You shouldn't abort. You shouldn't. It's like, ah, ah, there's so many things, you know, but that's what us humans do. And if people, you know, if your listeners or anybody else, like if you've ever read into any book, any book that talks about wisdom, there will always be two sides and no two sides will ever be wrong because it's just like, that there's this like mystery in the wisdom and the only way you could see the truth is if you have spirit if you have source whatever you call you know you call it universe you call it source you call it god when that energy is piercing through you the truth is reflected and i feel like to me in my path in the way you know i'm here to follow my path to me it has always been in in the religion and the um, the god-based aspect but it has never defined like my like a division between me and other people for me and i never try to push it onto people i don't even talk about it with people like that because it's just like it's not my job i believe in god enough like i don't need to convert you i don't need to convince you let alone i'm like god could do that I need to convince and guide myself. I need to follow because I'm not here to guide. I'm here to be guided. And, you know, that's where I'm like right now that I have just come full circle again. I feel like I'm learning how to speak about it. I'm learning how to express myself about it because it's a touchy subject. It's a touchy subject. And I would love to go to like the religion aspect of things and go talk about sexuality to to the people like i would love to stand up in church and be like let me talk let me talk to you all here about sexuality and what god means by not having sex before because i i i understand why god said you know you shouldn't after marriage but it's like for example let's say god said that no sex after marriage right but the reason why is because it's so sacred to the point where you know it should be like it should be held with a certain type of um consciousness and sacredness like it's not something to just be handled however and so i feel like you know when the humans start to transform the message it becomes you can't have sex because if you have sex you're a bad person if you don't use a condom you're a bad person and then all of a sudden it's like fear-based like everything is just fear 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 and that's where I, i would like 
to be able to expand my knowledge and how to speak more about this. And I know that with that, with my maturity, you know, it comes more into surrendering and to not letting it be about what I think, but what just needs to be delivered through me. And it's something, like I said, I'm on that journey and I'm, I'm so happy that I have this space to touch on the subject. Like I said, it's, it's something that I'm just touching the area on, on like the expression that you mentioned earlier. It's like, we have so much that we would want to say, but our mind is like, no, you can't say that because it's, it's just not right. Or you're going to like feel like be like a fool, but I want to trust myself. I want to trust myself and, and, you know, go forward. And I feel like this is a great start. So thank you again. Thank you so much for, for allowing me to unravel in this. Absolutely. I, I'm honored and, and humbled to hold the space and, and witness you and listen to um, your journey and experience through all of this, because it really is just like, so relatable in a lot of ways. And, and while like, you know, we all walk different paths. Like for me, I resonate very much with your experience and like discovery of sex and, and even like coming back to religion. I'm actually very happy you came back to religion because for me, like, like I don't identify with religion because I never met you. <laughs> and so I needed that representation. Wow. I needed that representation. And I know that I'm not the only one who heard that too and felt that because I never felt included in a space like that. So thank you. Like, thank you for taking that, that journey and exploration. Thank you for being brave enough. Thank you for being courageous enough. Thank you for, for the intimacy that you chose to have and, and ways you, you chose to explore your own body so that you could come back to this space and be able to articulate this and guide and teach and and you and you just say that you're like I'm not a teacher I, I'm I'm not here to guide I'm here to be guided but your ability to allow the guidance to lead you is what's teaching you know and it's like the power and just the choice of self and self-discovery and and knowing like that like your faith is so moving to me the way you were able to confront your grandmother the person that you valued most, like that you see like highest of all highs for a human being, you know, who means the world to you. Like there's nothing a human wants to do less than to disappoint the person and people we love most. And this area of sex and God and disappointment is so heavy. It's so heavy. And so many like feel suffocated in the expression and they feel like if I tell this person how it really is, how I, what I believe, what I've grown from, that they're going to reject me. And through their rejection, I'm going to be less than, and I'm not going to have things and I have to lose in order to be myself. And your voice gave that impact of saying, no, I don't have to lose anything. I didn't lose my virginity. I'm not going to lose my relationship with God. And I'm definitely not going to lose my relationship with you because of my own belief system, because at the end of the day, our beliefs is subjective, you know, like your experience to life. And so that's why it's like, you can never look at another person and say, I know the truth because you don't live their life. You don't, you don't have their path with God. You don't have that connection. And, and our, the only thing that we're ever meant to do for human to human is to allow each other to expand on our ways to getting closer to truth and getting stronger faith. You know, you have to exercise that through your intuition and 
you know, I think a lot of times in many people's lives, God has done that where you grew up with faith and then, and then it just comes and it shakes you to your core because what you realize is what you thought was faith was actually a separation of self. That's why it felt funny to you the whole time. And even when you had the intimacy, it still felt funny because you were carrying the beliefs of, of other people. And the discovery of self and like how um, Salvatore like came into your life and like that savior, like it was like, like that is such a profound piece and like, oh my gosh, like, and even just your choice to be celibate. And I, again, like I really resonate with your, like the understanding and I really understand what you mean about, and I too, like, I felt like my whole life I was trying to articulate to young adults who are very horny and <laughs> like no impulse control that why it was so important for us to just not do it with just anybody and and how it really separates you from yourself and i wasn't like i didn't have the language and even to this point like it's still like how do you how do you express that without triggering the the religion trauma because it's actually not about religion but i understand what religion was trying to it, the, me too i under i understood i felt it i felt it in my womb like that's where I felt it as a child. And I like, and, and I too like had interactions with people and like for a long time, like I didn't have sex, you know, because I was so afraid of it. Um, but not even just so afraid. It wasn't always fear. It was also that knowing, like it was just that, that knowing, but it wasn't through exploration that I came back to that understanding. And like you, like, it's just like when you, have sex with somebody somebody in my um lion soul pack um had said this that when you have sex it is the essence of god on earth i hope you all enjoyed today's episode thank you guys so much for tuning into part one of erica's interview don't forget to subscribe so you can follow along and listen to part two of erica's interview coming out this friday sending you all love blessings and gratitude talk to you guys soon I want to take a moment and bow my head to all of you. I place my hand on my heart and I extend my love to each and every one of you. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your love. And thank you for choosing you. If you would like to support me further, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review. And also head over to Spotify and leave a rating there. If you would like to work with me one-on-one -on -one or in my online community, you can find out more information at www.marcolinalion.com. I send you all with so much love, beautiful beings. Keep shining brighter and brighter.